I'm Mike. And I'm Adam. And this is Stuff and Waffle. Two friends talking about stuff, and often as not, waffling with frequent reference to Bond cars. Now we like a bit of sci-fi, don't we? We do. We're all over the sci-fi. We are, but but with possible exception. Mm. Mm. You really aren't a fan of Star Wars, and oh, I'm, and I'm middle of the road. I'm not. I know it's uh, it's it's unusual, perhaps. Um, I just don't get it. I just don't. I've never. I've tried to like it. I've tried to get interested in it. I just don't care. I'm it's... just not interested. I just don't get it. I don't understand. And I do. I am nervous of people that are a bit too much into it. I know that's perhaps <laughs> a bit hypocritical coming from someone who's as into James Bond as I am um, and has a frightening level of knowledge. Frightening <laughs> <But laughs> to me as much as anybody else. Yeah, um, yes, yes. But I'm afraid Star Wars I just don't get. Um, uh, I'm a big fan of sci-fi, but I just don't get Star Wars. I just can't get into it. I just think it's a bit silly. Fine, it's yeah. fine. I, I, I'm, I'm not going to kick off about it. I can take it or leave it. Yeah, I think there's a lot of people like that. But there's this thing that, you know, this, you get it with football as well. That, well, how can you not like it? Well, I just don't. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Sorry, but, um, sorry well, not sorry. Just, I uh, no. No arguments yeah. on the football front. You're fine. <laughs> no, I'm in safe company on that. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. No, no sports ball. No, no, none of that. None of that, no. All very silly. Um, However, there's a particular aspect of science fiction that I think needs covering on this podcast. Mm -hmm. And that is your science fiction vehicle. Not necessarily car, but a vehicle, a spacecraft, a method of conveyance of some description. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I can Um, tell. Yeah, I think... I think you and I—that's that's that's fair enough as a topic, yes. isn't it? I think it's close enough, and since yeah. it's our podcast, we make the rules. Yeah, um, if you don't like it, <laughs> bugger off. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and listen to something else. Yes. <laughs> so, I um, don't like, don't subscribe. So I think, um, I, I think, uh, yeah, I've got a few, I've got a few favourites from over the years there that that particularly resonate with me. Mine are mainly spacecraft, but not exclusively. Okay, um, well, I've got I've got some to back back with, yeah. Um, but possibly the same ones. We'll we'll find out. But we will, won't we? <laughs> we will. Well, do you want do you want to lead the way? I'll start off with one, and this is a very uh, this is a very British one. Okay, um, and uh, it's from I believe the nineteen seventies. It's from the nineteen seventies uh, Jerry Anderson TV series. Space 1999, mm-hmm. and of course, it is the ever present eagle. Very good, yes, yeah, yeah. I can crash at least three in every episode, so they must have got hundreds of them. Um, <laughs> I often like the idea that the, the moon is actually hollow and it's just full racks and racks nice. of eagles because they're blowing them up left, right, and center. That's the only logical place to store them, really, isn't it? If Either that's... that or they have a huge stockpile of parts. <laughs> Oh dear, yeah, I know. Uh, it's been a while since I've watched any, but yes, it, it, oh, you, every you say. episode they they bungalow at least at least five in every episode. 
Mm. Yes, it's it's a good choice. It's it's well, it's quite an it's quite an interesting craft because they do. It's quite flexible. They do quite a lot with it. There's different because it's got like a center section that's interchangeable that they can. And it can be a transport module or a scientific research module, mm. or it can have no central central module and they use it for lifting cargo and things like that. It's a very flexible vehicle, but it's basically just a sort of central framework, if you like, that seems to be made out of old scaffolding poles. And then you've got <laughs> engines at the back, some sort of clever fusion drive, and then the, the cockpit module at the front. And I think it's actually quite a, quite a good... It's quite a realistic design. Oh yeah, yeah. It's quite, it's it's quite a clever idea, isn't it? It's, mm, uh, I think so. Um, yeah. All done with models, of course, in those days. No CGI. Oh. Um, and you can now get a kit. In fact, I'm quite tempted to do this. You oh, can it's Eagle a... Moss, isn't it? No, it's not. Oh, is um, it not? No, no. It's um, MPC. It's a proper plastic kit. Oh dear. Um, and it's one. Is it one forty-eighth scale? It's quite big. Oh, um, you're gonna need a shelf for that. Christ! Oh, it's about. It's bigger than the um, the DeLorean. It's it's quite you know, that I've built. It's quite a big, big monster, sort of half a meter long. It's quite a hefty thing. But mm. what they've done, it's not a model of the vehicle as it appeared on screen. It's a reproduction of the studio model. Okay. Which That's is a nice, subtly different. Yeah. That's a nice way of doing it. Um, and it's got all the little greeblies on it. And if you don't know what a greebly <laughs> is, um, it's a, it's a um, sort of professional model maker's term, prop maker's term, where you use something from something else and you sort of stick it on and, and it's there. So, like, um, uh, they do a lot of kit bashing, which is where you take another kit but use bits from it on your thing that you're building okay um, and there's all kinds of stuff on the eagle um like there's some bits of world war ii tiger tanks <laughs> they've used a kit of that and there's some bits of willie's jeeps because they've used a kit of that and you know there's all sorts of other stuff on it there's some little miniature if you look very carefully there's some little miniature lunar landers from another kit um, the two pilots that are in the cockpit are actually from a Gemini model. Right, okay. That's a Gemini model. Um, it's covered in little, little these little greeblies, which are from other kits, um, which is kind of kind oh, of cool. Oh, you got to like a, that. That's a well-known prop maker's technique, um, mm. uh, taking well, greeblies by kit bashing. Um, well, that's, I suppose that's it. It's, if you can use something that already exists, it's going to save you time in the long run, isn't it? Loads of that was done in Star Wars. Um, loads of it was done in Close Encounters, for example. Um, in fact, here's a lovely little bit of trivia for you. You'll like this. Mm. The, the closing scenes of Close Encounters of the Third Kind, where the alien spacecraft is going up into the sky very slowly and the end credits are rolling over it. Mm. There's some close-ups of it as it sort of floats by, and there's a couple of so shots where you can see part of the craft um, in silhouette. And if okay. you look very carefully, standing on top of the ship is a little R2-D2. Oh, really? Yes. In oh. close encounters. Because <laughs> they've nicked one from another model kit and just, oh, that looks cool. Stick it on. Stick it on there. Oh, yeah. don't. Oh, I'm going to have a look at that. You can, uh... you can, it's there. Um, 
so that's a well-known technique and the eagle was covered in in little bits like that um i mean spacecraft aren't really like that but you know when they're making one for a sci-fi film it has to be covered in little bumps and pipes and you know little bits and pieces to make interesting shapes and cast shadows and well, all that, that kind of stuff so, that's the thing isn't it for the, if you think back to that sort of era like you say that's not what a spacecraft looks like but that's what you think one should look like exactly um, mm. so much so that i suspect um you know, there's probably an element of that working the other way around, and that spacecraft designers probably now feel the need to stick some pipes and bulges and boxes and things on it because well, that's what it's what it's got to look like. Mm. That's what's <laughs> in the comic books. So, yep, yeah, that's just what they look like. It's got to be like that, of course. <laughs> um, but yes, the the eagle, the the um, the indestructible eagle from Space 1999 would be my mm. my well, favorite. Well, it's. It, it can't hurt as well because it's one of those programs we grow up with as well. We certainly did. Yeah, absolutely. And it's one of those programs that is so awful that it actually sort of comes around the other way and has become good again. Oh um, yeah. It's yeah. Yeah. I know what, I know exactly what you mean. It's, it's a it's, strange program. Um, I, to be honest, I don't see our kids watching it. No, not at all. Mm. No, it's very much of its time. Um, yes. It, it and it got progressively sillier as the season. See, well, only made two seasons, but as the episodes went on, mm. it got more and more ridiculous. But the equipment generally and the base itself is is quite memorable. But the eagle, particularly, I liked because it is quite actually quite a good design. Yeah, um, it makes sense. Uh, it's versatile. It's practical. If it wasn't for the fact that they crash at least six of them in every episode, um, you'd be fine. It's what yeah. they do. They do. They're destroying them. Oh, I must have pissed the modern wakers off to no end. Oh, yeah. Oh, we're crashing another one this week, are we? Oh, good. I only spent three weeks making this one. Bollocks. All right. It's, uh, yeah, that, well, it, it kept them in work. We'll, we'll go with well, that. Well, there we go. There we go. Um, I think there is um, some pictures in the box for the um, this model, the studio model that they've done. Um, I think there's a signed photograph of the guy who designed the original and things like that. There's some um, some stuff, some original memorabilia and things that you get with it, which is kind of cool. Um, mm. But um, yes, I, I would say the eagle um, would be my would be first on my list. It's a very very good choice. Mm. Well, I'll, we I'll, next? I'll follow that up with another space vehicle. Another big one. Oh, yeah. well, even bigger than that, to be honest. Yeah. And well, that's it, quite small, actually. The Eagle is not a large craft. No, this is true. It's not enormous. No. Uh, but the next one is quite vast. Uh, the uh, the Battlestar Galactica. Oh, see, I knew you'd do something like that. Yeah. Uh, but, but being the age I am, it's the it. it I'll be uh, I'll be the one from the remake. The uh, the uh, I think it was BS seventy five was oh, its designation. Uh, <laughs> well, and you think well the, the remake we were obviously in um, in very uh, safe hands uh, because of um, uh, of the writer. Oh, uh, okay, yeah. Uh, because well of of um Star Wars uh, Star Wars not Star Wars no we've been through that Star Trek next generation fame um, uh, oh Ronald Moore 
Okay, very good. Yes, 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 yes. There we yes. go. Yeah, you uh, are in safe hands with him. Yes, yes, uh, and so, it, it was it was an exceptional series, but it, it it's one of those spacecraft that really uh, sticks in the mind. Um, yeah, I mean, it was enormous, wasn't it? Um, yeah, and it was quite interesting in the sense of the 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 constant battle against Cylons meant that they computer systems on board were actually quite primitive because they couldn't have networked computers because they could be infiltrated. Oh, um, I see. It was, all, it was all very all very clever being very primitive fighting these machines that could do anything and go anywhere. Mm. Yes, I can uh, see that would be a problem. Yeah, yeah, a bit of a bug at that. Yes. <laughs> Are you going to defend against that then? Yes. <laughs> Not it's not great, and they can they can look like humans at the drop of a hat, so that's ideal. Mm. Oh, that's a bit of a shame as well. Isn't bit it? of a bugger, yeah. yeah but yeah. No, it, it, an impressive ship, considering they had quite a lot of them in the fleet, and it was it was basically that was how the human race survived in these battle stars. Mm. Um, they've all got reasonable amounts of armor, but not colossal amounts and you think you've yeah. Got, yeah you've got your government floating in space with all its cit- uh, citizens around it it's uh yes it was it's an impressive bit of kit it and was quite well and, thought out again and it? yeah, yeah. It, this the story behind it was excellent it's uh mm. it's one of those things it's a, a, a must watch yeah, they did that two-part miniseries to sort of lead everyone in and it was yes everyone got hooked blew everyone's mind when that aired yeah no that was that was quite special we do have a copy of that somewhere i must refresh mm. myself um but, yes a good a good choice a good a good yes yeah, so yeah. i thought you'd approve of that and okay we come back to um what's it ronald moore and you think he was just excellent well his uh, attention to detail was amazing and he was very keen on on kind of thinking things through, wasn't he, and planning them out so that even though there was going to be loads of bits of it that you'd never see on screen, he wanted to sort of draw it out and plan it out so that he knew the thing was realistic. It was, you know, you're not going to have suddenly have a room that couldn't possibly exist. He mm. wanted to draw it all out and make sure that it was all realistic. Yeah. Like they can't suddenly go off into a new bit of it that's never been mentioned before and can't actually be where they put it and things like that. No, it's well thought out. And he's the same with his storytelling as well. Mm. Because you think with, particularly with Battlestar Galactica, that he thought thought of the entire way that the whole politics worked as well with how a government could be formed in this situation. and Yeah, how could it actually work? Yeah, Yeah. this is... Yeah, some thought gone into that. Mm, no, I like that. I like the thinking it through, even though you're going way beyond what's actually required for the story. Mm. And you could have just produced something that they, the filmmakers would have been probably perfectly happy with. Mm. Um, but you've thought it through the, so that it does actually work. And certainly that was the case in, in Star Trek, where especially for something that's that long running, Yes. Chances are they're going to want to do all sorts of things with it. So if you've thought all that through up front, you know you know you know what to do with it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. And I think I think ultimately that's kind of what he did. He he he, he kind of cut his teeth on that, mm. um, and then was allowed a bit more rain on Battlestar. Yeah. 
So yes, not good choice. Yes, good choice. makes me want to go back and watch it. So yeah, well, might, absolutely. Yeah. Might, might have a little run through of that. That that might have to go in soon. Yeah, mm. absolutely. Yes, that is a very good choice. Well, whilst we're on Ronald D. Moore, then perhaps we should move on to what I suspect is probably our elephant in the room, um, <laughs> and the um, the USS Enterprise D. Ah, yes. I see. I I assumed you would. Yes. So I didn't. Chances were quite high. Yeah, <laughs> I thought I'll I'll put it as an honorary mention on the list just in case. Just but in case I've... for some bizarre reason I don't mention it. Yeah. The... So that we're, we're yes, we're just to clarify, we're going for NCC one seven zero one D. We are Picard's Enterprise from the Next Generation. Mm, yes, the correct choice. The correct choice, the best of all the Enterprises, certainly the best thought out, as we've just said, planned out in massive detail. In fact, the plans are online now. You can get Mm. them. Um, Every single room was designed. Um, Every deck, absolutely everything was was planned out and drawn so that it was it was realistic and and worked. And whenever they needed something for the series, he knew where it would be and what it would look like and the size it had to be and how they got to it. And it was all planned out um, yep. very, very carefully to the point where you could build an Enterprise D <laughs> from the drawings. <laughs> yes, it's... done. Yeah, it was... Oh, and I, we all think back to the, the, the first episode, was it Encounter at Farpoint? Yes. And... The, the introduction of it just glorious and that that was oh god it's, it's been a while since i watched the first one it was a two-part episode wasn't it it was a two-part episode although on the dvds there is an option to watch it as one part right but yeah it was and it was a nice evolution i thought of of kirk's enterprise from the original series mm. um you could see the family resemblance you could see how one had become the other that's right um, and but then being able to separate the saucer section in that, that was, episode. That was the thing as well, because we we not only do we get shown this new ship, we get shown quite the new feature there. Yeah, new things it can do. Yes, mm. and the, the battle bridge and all that stuff. Yeah, and how mm. it can be flown independently of the of the drive section. And yeah, that was yeah beautifully done. The new warp drive. And the whole new engineering section, uh, you know, the living quarters, um, tend forward, the you know, the bar, and yeah, well, they say part, um, part starship, part Marriott Convention Center. <laughs> yep, that's yep. it. And then we can have yeah, a lot of concerts. Um, lot, lot, lot going on there. We can have. Uh, we've got uh, quite a lot of. Uh, Delightful holodecks going to the cheesiest destinations oh, yeah. known to man. Oh yeah, absolutely, mm. Dixon Hill. Yes. <laughs> oh yeah, a lot of that. Huge hangar decks. Yeah, it was it was very and a very attractive craft actually as well. Quite quite a sleek thing, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah, really good. A lovely evolution of what had gone before. And I just I thought that was a beautiful piece of design. Yes, yeah, it was really like that. You've chosen well. I I expected you to, but uh, it was yeah. an obvious choice. But it needed it needed covering. Oh yeah, 
Definitely, yeah, and it's the only it, it's the only correct choice because, well, it's it is the best enterprise. We, well, we had an Enterprise E, didn't we? We did. Did we have another one after that? I forget. I honestly don't know, to be honest. Because the Enterprise D was destroyed in the first film, wasn't it? In Generations, they crashed on the planet. Uh, That's right. Yeah. Well, they crashed the saucer section. Yeah, but the one that's that's basically buggered at that point. That is most of it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, and then they get another one. So I'm sure there's an Enterprise E in the next film. Um, yes, E. Yeah, I'm certain of, uh, about the E one. And is that the one they have all the way through then until Nemesis? And it gets destroyed in Nemesis, doesn't it? Although we do see it being repaired right at the end. Oh yes, yeah, yeah. You are, yeah, you are correct. He rams what's his name's ship with it, doesn't he? Near the end, yes. Of course, the section gets embedded in the front of the other ship. That's it. Having given yep. having given the crew about twenty seconds to evacuate, which I thought was a little unfair. I know what you mean. <laughs> oh dear! No, I know what you. Yes. But yes. no, the Enterprise D um, came to a, a sticky end, um, but uh, it was the best of those ships, definitely. Yes. Yeah. No. Excellent choice. Very, very good. Very good. Right. Next one on my list is from a film that has been, well, colossally snubbed, basically. Okay. It got torn apart by critics, as I recall at the time. And the film is named after the ship in question. That's Event Horizon. Oh. Well, now there, you see, what you've done there <laughs> is, is come up with a, with a real, yeah, with a real thing. We watch that film quite regularly. It's one of, um, it's one of Dawn's all-time favourite movies. Very good film. Very good film. It, however, is not an entirely original design. And you see, I have heard this. Mm. It does borrow a bit from another rather well-known science fiction film. What are you trying to say? I just, you know, just what I just what I've noticed. You know, <laughs> um, not only does it borrow the design of the ship, it borrows a little bit of the story as well. <laughs> a ship lost. For a long time, then rediscovered and revisited, and you know, weird things start happening. That has been done before. Mm. Mm. Yes, it has. <laughs> but I don't know. I, I'm, I'm, I still find it very compelling viewing. Oh, it is. It's great. And uh, I absolutely. still got a lot of lot of uh, time for the ship and the the whole concept of folding space. Yes, um, or indeed folding um, some pictures from a Playboy magazine. Yeah. Um, oh yes, because he got upset because he popped a pencil through some bangers, didn't he? Yes. <laughs> Not Vanessa. <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed, a wonderful moment. Um, however, uh, it's uh, yeah, the, um, the, the ship itself which obviously has become this weird entity. It's not the most attractive vehicle we've ever seen. No, no, it doesn't have aesthetics on its side. It's, it's capabilities no. rather than what yes. it looks like. 
Yes, indeed. Um, but as I say, it's not an entirely original design. But I'm hesitating to say where I think it's been pinched from because that takes us on to the next one in my list. Oh, well, maybe that's a lovely little segue then. I might be. I think it borrows quite heavily from the discovery in 2001, A Space Odyssey. Mm, see, yeah. Yeah, you're probably right. Because that has a large <laughs> command module at the front, a spine all the way down the center, and then the drive uh, engines at the back. And, yes. Uh, yes. And, of course, the sequel to 2001, 2010, which also contains another interesting spacecraft, the Russian spacecraft, the Leonov, um, the Alexei Leonov, mm-hmm. is... Uh, again, they are going back to a spacecraft that's been lost for years in deep space and it's rediscovered and the weird things mm. happen. So, you know, it's, it's not an entirely original design and it's not an entirely original story, but that does not stop it being a brilliant movie. <laughs> but... No, this is true. And the, yes, I, I tend to agree. I think I think they have borrowed from that. But the, mm. the, but their own their own theories and plots. Oh, are... yeah. Yeah, um, and apparently a lot of it ended up on the editing room floor because a lot of it had to be cut out. A lot of what they'd filmed, apparently, was just the sensor would not let it through. Oh, really? Mm, apparently so, yeah. In what sense? In in a, a gore sense. They just had gone a bit too far with the sort of eating each other thing and right, okay. all of that. Uh, there was a lot that they had filmed, which the sensor said, you... Not a chance. <laughs> there is no certification we're going to put on this that will let you have some of this stuff. Right. Uh, yeah, I suppose. I mean, when you think back, it was some of the parts in it were, I mean, the, even the bits they left in were quite graphic. They were quite graphic, but apparently they did a lot worse, but the sensor just would not let them have it. Yeah, I'm surprised um, because there's a lot of stuff with, with eyes in that, isn't there? And yeah, people do not like that. No, it it has no. It just takes it to a whole other place, doesn't it? Mm. And it's just really freaky. And the yeah, I mean, we could go through every scene, couldn't we? But it, it's yeah. I quite, I quite like that. While the scientific theories in it are quite wild. Um, yeah, having having read a few books because i do get off on reading quite a lot of scientific stuff mm-hmm. um they're not pure fabrications which is quite nice there are no not there entirely are, there are theories out there yes they've been done for a bit of hollywood action but mm. there there are they're based on solid theories which i quite liked about that yeah um, that's that pleased me. To say. Yeah, mm. that's probably fair to say. The same is true with 2001, of course, because Arthur C. Clarke was a scientist. Um, yeah. And although the film, well, you can argue back and forth whether the film was a success or not. I don't think Stanley Kubrick did the book an enormous amount of justice. Although, of course, that's not quite fair to say because the film came first. Mm. The screenplay was written before the novel. Yes. Um, which is unusual. In yeah, that isn't the other always way not around. as good as the book. Well, actually, the book came from the film, not the other way around. Yeah. It's one of those ones where you can't have that debate. No, not <laughs> no, really. That's, that's um, arse about face, that one. 
but um uh, i do think the spacecraft if we stay on what we're talking about uh the spacecraft the the discovery is extremely well thought out it's not quite how it appears in the book but it's more or less um, you know the large command module at the front um with its flight deck and then it has a a large rotating centrifuge in the center of it which gives them gravity or mm-hmm. area of gravity on board yeah. And then the large spine down the middle, which was for fuel and cargo storage. And then the nuclear engines at the back, as far away from the command module as you can get them. Antenna module in the center. Pod bays underneath with those sliding doors and large spherical command module. It looks really plausible. Mm. Um, And it was very well thought out. And again, uh, Clark drew up designs for it to make sure that it would all fit and would work and you know rooms are in the right places and mm. you know it was all feasible uh, how they would access different parts of the ship was all thought out yes uh, very yeah, nicely I, done that yeah yes no i i approve of that level of detail and mm. yeah that that's nice i you get the feeling perhaps the event horizon didn't go through that level of i don't think it did and perhaps it didn't need to no, no, it it was a film for a different era. Yes, um, it was. It was. But like I said, the, the, I'm not. I do quite like the science involved. Yeah, um, yeah, absolutely. And have a here's a top tip: if you fancy, I mean, you, you're going to have to build yourself up for it. It's not a just pick up and read whenever you fancy. But mm. if you read uh, Micho Kaku's uh, hyperspace book. That that'll oh, tie yeah. into this nicely, but yeah, that's oh, uh, yeah. Don't don't do don't try and read it if you're a bit sleepy. <laughs> it's, it's a bit in work. depth, no. <laughs> but yeah, the, you, you, yeah, there are similarities to the theories involved. Okay, interesting. Yeah. There you go. Interesting. I d- didn't um, expect to be giving out reading tips today. No, no, that's uh, that's unusual. But anything goes here. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the the discovery is one of my one of my absolute favorites i really like that and that's definitely a future model project yeah that's that's one for the shelf that isn't it that is one from the shelf yeah that's all for the shelf yeah that's the discovery is very special um i spent quite a long time studying that a while ago and it's yeah it's very well very well thought out well it's one of those things from our younger days as well isn't it it is it was one of those kind of films. first big sci-fi movie that I got into? Um, really? Yeah, and watched over and over again. It's a special it's, film. That it's a special yeah, film. I mean, it, it was really the first modern sci-fi movie. Um, you know, sci-fi up to that point was kind of, you know, aliens and robots and you know, taking over the world and all that kind of stuff. It was the first, what you would term, the first modern science fiction film. Yeah, in fact, just... it was shown, I believe, in in the late 60s, it was actually shown at a international conference of government, scientific government representatives from all over the world. Yeah, and they had this conference called The Peaceful Uses of Outer Space. And at this conference was a screening of 2001 to That's say, cool. look, you don't <laughs> have to fill space mm. with weapons it doesn't have to be about fighting each other and all you know trying to carve out our territory we um, can actually all coexist up there as you see in 2001 at the hilton space station there's russians and chinese and english and americans and they're oh, all yeah. there working together and you know it's a it's it is quite a 
it's a peaceful vision of the future. Um, well, I think got... it, it often doesn't get the credit for that. Gotta think though, because what we're talking sixty eight. Sixty eight, it was released. Yeah. Um, you you got to think that that might have well, I say might have probably definitely on purpose because well, we we're when we're at the height of the Cold War. Yeah, tensions are high. Absolutely. The space race is in full flow. Yeah, calm everyone right down. Yes, and I think if you. It is quite a calming film, actually. Mm. There's no big movie stars in it. All the dialogue is quite mundane. Um, there's not a lot of music in the film. Obviously, there's the wonderful use of the Blue Danube. You know, it's, it is quite a peaceful film. Nobody's really at war with anybody. Um, mm. There's no violence in it as such. I mean, all right, the astronauts get killed, but not in a violent way. And it's, it is quite a peaceful film it's quite a positive vision of what the future could have looked like um mm. and all right we're a bit behind the curve you know we didn't have you know hotels orbiting the earth and bases on the moon by 2001 we no. should have and i think could have mm. but we didn't and if you you can understand why they would have thought in 1968 that at that level of development by 2001 of course we'd have had hotels orbiting the earth and of course we'd have had people living on the moon yes. why wouldn't we but yep. what they hadn't count off is that shortly after the 60s the development of all that would stop dead <laughs> for yeah. decades that but that was it that was after kennedy made his speech saying we'll be we'll put a man on the moon by the end of the decade yeah they, they did and they did all, all that done that, that was about it yeah yep. oh we did that well done lads yeah, yeah. And that was and, it well, and then after that, it was all it, it was all money. Then wasn't it? Because we had the space orbit, um, low Earth orbit, chuck yeah. a load of junk up that's orbiting round. Yeah, that's quite that's a lot. lot. Of it. Quite yeah. a lot of it with weapons on. And whoa, 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 yes, no, we... no one said that. No, no, yeah. <laughs> we did. Think, no, no one. No, no, no. Of course not. No, um, no, no. At no point on every space shuttle mission was the uh, Department no. of Defense. Payload no. space or anything no, like no, that. No 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 no, 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 no. You can't possibly say that. You have no proof. <laughs> we we obviously then had a lot of robotic missions to the outer planets and things like that. So I mean, it didn't stop dead, but in terms of people mm. um, orbiting the Earth and you know pleasure travel to uh, the Moon and uh, and orbiting hotels and things like that, none of that happened and still hasn't. No, and so, but I yeah. think it's it actually, even if you look at it now, it holds up. It's a very positive view of what the future could have been. And it's I a shame it was... they picked that particular year to hone in on because it all kicked off. It did, not and in a some happy way. It, not in a happy way. No, it all no, it all went a bit wrong, didn't it? But mm. but I, nevertheless, I, I do think it's quite a positive film. And yeah, its uh, message was 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 excellent. I think. Yeah, I thought so. And it mm. it doesn't it often gets overlooked these days. I don't think it gets the credit that it deserves. And I think you it's not a it's not a Star Wars. It's not I mean it's more akin to Star Trek, I suppose, than, than Star Wars, but it because uh, I think Star Trek is also trying to be quite positive. Well, that's it. It was always the good thing about Star Trek is it was always about that solidarity, that that yeah. positivity and it was always dialogue heavy 
for a good reason, where yeah. Star Wars is always a bit pew pew. That's what I, that's, yeah, that's yeah. what doesn't do it for me at all. I just think that's silly and I'm not going to waste my time on it. Yeah, it um, sells toys though. Yes. Granted, <laughs> granted, it's made more money than any of the others that we've mentioned. Yes, <laughs> but from a uh, from a message uh, point of view, I, I think it's a lot less positive. Mm, yeah, this is true. Yeah, the, it does send out an incest message for brief, very briefly, doesn't it? Uh, well, so does Back to the Future, but we won't get into that. Oh um, God. Don't touch your mum. Because <laughs> technically, does the DeLorean time machine come under the heading of sci-fi vehicles? Because if it well, does, um, we might have to spend the rest of this podcast just talking about that. Oh, good God. There's not enough hard drive space. No. That's we'll, get, we'll, let's, it... we'll dedicate a, an episode just to that. Um, well, we, we, we could pre-warn everyone. There is a DeLorean special on the way. There is a DeLorean special coming up. Um, very soon, yes. Yes, so there, yeah, there will, will you will give it all the justice then. Fans of the DeLorean, fans of Back to the Future, um, yes, keep uh, keep an eye out for that one. Prepare yes. yourself. So we won't cover that now, even no, though we'll be technically good. it does fit into this. Well, of course it does. It is a time machine, Christ. It's a time machine. We could talk about the other time machines, but what? since the original H.G. Wells time machine was basically just a chair oh, strapped to a bit of scaffolding that's possibly um oh this is not true a lot of, um not a lot of scope for that it did have some casters on it i believe so he could he could drag it a short distance but it was quite heavy i <laughs> i remember it featured in quite an early episode of the big bang theory did it uh and <laughs> they leonard bid on what he thought was a miniature replica Oh, of, I think I've it. heard about this. Yes. And it was actually a full-size replica and there was there, there were some crosswords <laughs> with the neighbor Penny because they'd blocked the stairway trying to get it up to the <laughs> apartment. Uh and she uh, <laughs> she described it as something that looked it looked like what Elton John would drive through the Everglades. I always liked that enormously. <laughs> Oh, it's another film ruined. I just thought that was that was such a brilliant line. Excellent <laughs> writing, really good. Oh, that's going to come up again. Mm. Oh dear, that's genius. Yes, yeah. I like that. I like yes. that. There wasn't a lot to it. I grant you, it was very chintzy. Yes. Um, yeah. It, big... it wasn't as sleek as the Dorian. <laughs> no. I tell you what, do you remember when they did the remake of it? No, I don't think I do, actually. Awful. I mean, well, I think that's a given. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, not not even close to being good. Right. I mean, beyond awful. Uh, yeah, I can imagine. I, I can't even uh, sort of explain how bad it was. Because it was... <laughs> Just remember going, oh, I've heard about it. So I, I, as a kid, I'd watched the original. Yes. And then, then uh, someone said, oh, they're, they're doing a remake of it. And it was, uh, I've just looked it up. It was 2002. Because someone said to me, and here's a really obscure reference because she was only a hit very briefly. But do you remember a singer called Samantha Mumba? No. 
I don't. She, she was sort of, she was of that sort of time, late 90s, early 2000s. And you okay. think, okay, yep, she was a singer, pop music, I'm all right, but I do remember her. I, was, I wouldn't describe myself as a fan or anything. Uh, but they <laughs> cast her in it. Right. As, uh, as, as Mara. Right. And goes, well, what? Why? Who's thinking this is a good idea? <laughs> yes. And, oh, my goodness me. No. No Dreadful. good. Yeah. No. Awful. Awful. I can imagine that it would be. Yeah. yeah. It, it, was, it, it didn't need to be touched. No, it didn't. There are, <laughs> no. Uh, no. If you, there's, lo- there's so much scope if you want to make a time travel story. You mm. don't need to rework the original. That's very silly. Uh, yes. Yes. No. There you go. So, yeah, my top tip there: don't watch that. Avoid. A- avoid. Yes. Save those many minutes of your life by not watching yes. that. Just watch the original again if you must. Yes. There you um, go. But yes, it wasn't. It wasn't the most imaginative piece of equipment. It was a chair, a spinny thing, some dials, and a couple of levers. I seem to remember. Oh yeah, and a couple of coloured bulbs on the top there. That's right, some coloured bulbs, and I think it was on casters, so he could sort of move it around, but it was very heavy, so he couldn't get it very far. Um, I seem yeah, to remember not, in one scene he has to drag it out of a cave. That's right, yep. Yeah. Yeah, um, not not a brilliant design, because you don't know where you're going to end up when you travel through time. And go. It does make sense, if you're going to build a time machine, to make it mobile. Yes. In some form or another. Yes. yes. Because yes, you could, as you say, you could appear anywhere, but they also didn't observe the fact that traveling in time and traveling in space are two different things. Because didn't he end up in ancient Rome at one point, and then he was back in Victorian London? And said, well, how do you get from you, I, mm. traveling in time is not the same as traveling in space? Yeah, you, you, you're just going to be in rural England at that point. Well, exactly. He's going to be in the home counties where he started, isn't he? Because he was a yes. bit posh. So yeah. he was <laughs> not letting any cats out of the bag there. So, you know, but all of a sudden he's on the other side of the planet. Well, how does that happen? He's not set a location on his little clocks there. He's just set a time. So, how is, unless it's going to random locations, <laughs> and that's going to be really inconvenient. Yes. It's, what uh... if all of a sudden he's in. Arctic in the Middle Ages. I mean, <laughs> he's only got that little jacket on. It, he's, yeah, he's, oh, he's going to be chilly, isn't he? He's not. He's. <laughs> it's not going to work. No, yeah. There's there's no luggage area on it. He's not thought it through. No, he hasn't. It's a no. very poor design. <laughs> no, no, clumsy. Clumsy. At least with the DeLorean, you can shut the door, keep warm, put the heater on. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm assuming Doc Brown had compromised the boot space on that somewhat. So, yeah, it, it's passenger little, seat only. A little bit. Yeah, a <laughs> little bit. But, you know, he's got a nuclear reactor strapped to the back. It's going to be warm. Oh, this is true. Yeah, if he gets a little bit chilly, you can just lob a match in there. You'll be all right. It'd be funny. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> oh, that's oh, good. Dear. Yeah, oh, like Anyway, that. we have gone places I never thought we'd go. Well, it's um, true, but it's all sci-fi themed, so that's it fine. It is all sci-fi themed. Anyway, uh, your your turn. Give us a oh, bit. It's me up next, right? I think okay. so. Because uh, I think I may have done two in a row. <laughs> no, I don't think you. Well, we ended up at the time machine for some 
reason. I can't really remember why. But no, yeah. you followed Event Horizon with the uh, Discovery. So with the Discovery fine. and a little bit of the Leonoff as well. Yes. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. That's yeah. fine. That's we'll count that as one. Um, my next one is from one of my absolute favorite film series. So it's to the point where Kaylee Kaylee used to like the films. <laughs> oh, you ruined it for her. Have you? She's like, oh, don't put that on. Don't put that on. Don't put any of them on. Walk away from the remote. Oh, dear. <laughs> and it is the USCSS Nostromo. Ooh. From Alien. Now, there's a discerning choice. Mm. Uh, yeah, okay. Um, a very, yeah. I mean, a, it's not the most advanced ship, really, considering where it was in... It, uh, in the sort of time that it existed, it yes. was a, a a star freighter. Nothing particularly. Yeah, it was a bit grubby, wasn't it? it yeah. Just a, a bit of a shit, really. Yeah. Um, but it it's got it's a bit dear to our heart because you think, well, this was was probably thinking uh, seventy nine when Alien came out. Seventy nine is correct. Yes. And you think, well, at the time you think, bloody hell, this is futuristic. Mm, it's uh, not. And it's not uh, when you look back at it now and they're working off tiny little CRT screens and things like that. Mm. But to this day, you can still watch that film and not, you can't ever accuse it of having shit effects. Oh, no. I don't think you could level that at it. No. And never. It still holds up to this day. Yeah, yes, some of the does. tech in it uh, on the ship is a bit, it does let it down. They the didn't see where the tech film. was going, but nobody right. did. No, um, not at all. No. No, no, because you could say the same for um, like Next Generation, for instance. Yeah, you could. That's very 80s tech. Yes. Yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, they did. Mm, they sort of got the iPad. Yes, um, yeah, they were all a bit touchy-feely, weren't they? <laughs> yes. <laughs> they saw that coming. That was they quite did. good. The, the, the sort of personal handheld tablet. They, mm. they got that early on. Uh, but yes, I agree with Alien. You you don't. Uh, yes, if you really analyse it, it is quite dated. But you don't you don't look at it. You don't think of it when you're watching it. Not at all. I mean that whole con- uh, whole concept of mother in the ship. Yes, that was. No, I loved that. That was absolutely brilliant. Mm. And the the idea of the the synthetics. Yes, being identical to humans. In, yeah. you couldn't tell them apart that was brilliant yeah. and that was an, uh, quite an, an idea ahead of its time mm. and yeah. oh just what a what a thing you could, you could tell when they fell apart oh, but, yeah, they're a bit milky inside yeah a bit 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 yeah that's right it looked a bit like a squashed ice cream yeah <laughs> that was uh, that was quite an interesting way of doing it because they they handled that quite well i think didn't they that was yeah, when his head came off, it did look a bit like when I try and make pasta. But yeah, it's yeah, you know, that's, spaghetti everywhere. Yeah, that's enough to put you off your dinner, isn't it? Yeah, it usually does. Yeah, but it was oh dear, I I every like I said, everything in in the Alien series, I just love. I think it was really well done. Um, I don't have that much. Uh, I, passion for it, but I do respect uh, what it is and what it did. Yeah, I see. I get, I get really rather excited about it. 
and uh, particularly when they revisited it in later years and did Prometheus. Yeah. Um, because I'm not a religious man. You know that. No, rightly so. Uh, <laughs> but what they did in that film was sort of question religion and spirituality, mm. as well as tying it in with all of this science fiction stuff as well. It was just... It was so well done while maintaining this whole alien carnage, all that... I mean, I, I, I almost said beautiful, but it is beautifully done what Geiger did with the design of alien and... And it's proper scary stuff, isn't it? Yeah, it is creepy, and yeah. the ships, the way that, that, that just every bit of structure is beautifully drawn and laid out. Mm. It's it's sinister and scary, but well, so elegantly it, I mean, done. Coming back to the ship, um, a lot of it is shot in in shadow, isn't it? It's a lot. Mm. It's lots of dark colours and. Um, I think that works very well for it. It just gives the whole thing a kind of sinister feel to it. Yeah, mm. yeah, that always works well. Yes, and there's always that uh, that wonderful overtone as well of going, well, this this corporation, the company, as they always call it, yeah. is is the most important thing, and the crew are always expendable. Yeah, in it's it, got a very industrial feel to it, hasn't it? Mm. That's mm. it. Well, that's quite interesting as well because you've got the Nostromo, that quite industrial ship, like you say. It's grotty, it's dirty. Yeah. Compared to the completely organic alien and its ship that they have discover on um, LV-426. And it's mm. just... Oh, dear. Gets yeah. it. I, I, could, I could go on. You're going to sure. Yeah, you're going to... Yes, let's not spend the rest of the podcast on this. Um, but, um, that's a good choice, though, From a, in terms of a ship design, which is mm. what we're talking about. It, um, yeah, I think it ticks a lot of boxes, like you say. Um, that's it. It's a bit, a bit grubby, a bit, yeah. a bit crappy. Um, and is, in, is a nice little note for the, for the technical aspects. It had... Uh, this was, I can't remember where I read it. It was just one of those sort of things where they release specs of it, even though it's a completely and utterly fictional thing. Yeah. Um, it, it, its original engines were replaced with uh, Rolls-Royce Cyclone thrust engines. Oh. So I it's like nice it. to see that um, in, what was it? The ship was made in the, Oh God, twenty one hundreds, I believe. Okay, but Rolls Royce is still going. Still going, yeah. I'm <laughs> sure. Yeah, that's nice to know. So, but they're still making the Phantom as well. Oh, um, bound to, yeah. Yeah, that'd probably be about the size of the Nostromo. Yeah, probably by then. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, as will the umbrellas. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, good God! Yeah, you could you could bring down an alien with one of those. I reckon. Yes. Yeah. That's why they're not worried. No, no. <laughs> just, we just need to find the umbrellas. We'll be all right. Oh, you think you think that that entire saga could have been averted if someone had just had a look in the door to see if there was a an, a, an umbrella that would release to aid oh, the Oh, yeah, but they they but they bought it used and somebody had pinched them because that's what always happens. You oh, never yeah. get the umbrellas when you buy a used one. 
No, that's it. By the time you get a used one, it'll be a, a it'll be a gangster owning it. So it'll be a baseball bat down there instead. It will. It's just not yeah. the same, is it? You're no. never gonna you're not gonna do it with that. No, <laughs> you got a, you need an umbrella with the pointy end. Yes, it's true. Yeah, yeah. Oh, everyone will run in fear of the Rolls Royce logo. Yes. <laughs> oh, very well, there good. we go. We've we've developed a whole area of it that they missed. Yeah, that's it. We could have wrapped it up. Ripley could have gone home. And yeah. all have been well. All would have been yeah. fine. Yeah. <laughs> gone home in a really comfortable chair. Yeah, yes. Nice. Had a little kit. Been a, gone home to her daughter rather than missing her entire lifetime. Yeah, so no, that's fine. See. Fix that for them, haven't we? Yeah. yeah. Now, if we're talking about... I'm going to take it to a different place entirely now. Okay. I could go two ways here, but I think I'll, I'm, I'm going to go the silly way. Oh, um, good. Going for a ship that was... Uh, supposed to be very industrial and functional, all about its purpose for the company that owns it, grotty and dirty and a bit broken and all that stuff. <laughs> we have to mention... I know where this is going. Red Bull. There we go. <laughs> very good. Yes, we do. With its, with its wobbly walls and its ill-fitting doors and its windows that bizarrely look like they'd open. Um, it's, it's, it's all there. Reason, honest. And the Holly Hop Drive that oh, wasn't yeah. a Kellogg's cornflake box at all. No, and, no, no, um, no. And it's all there. It's all there. Again, not badly thought out in its way. Um, no. Because they did have to build models of it. It wasn't supposed to be red, I have, oh. I have oh, okay, been that... told. That is information um, for me, that is. That's no, new. it wasn't supposed to be red. When they, uh, Rob Grant and Doug Naylor sort of sketched out what they thought the ship would be, and they gave it to the model department, because of pre-CGI back in whenever they did, 85, the first series, mm. um, which in itself is a scary thing, because I remember mm. seeing it when it first came on. Um, but, um, yeah, they had no idea it would be red. But when they gave it to the model department, and they... You know, they spent a few weeks building this thing, and then they said, "Oh, come down and come down and see it because it's ready." And they saw it and said, "But it's it's red." I said, "Well, yeah, you called it Red Dwarf." Yeah, yeah, but that's not no, it wasn't. <laughs> but it was built by then and painted and ready to go. So the trouble is, it's, it's that's it. It's there. It is. It's what it says, doesn't it? Yeah, <laughs> it's red. But they had no idea in their mind that it was going to be actually red. Mm. Um, and I think it's the only spacecraft I can think of that is red, because they're always white or grey or black. Yeah. No, nothing. I can't think of another mind. red spacecraft. No, I'll 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 put that in the back of my head. If anything leaps to mind, I'll share. Yeah, and then they decided in the title sequence to have Lister outside, you know, rollering it. Yes, this is true. Because <laughs> he's got a bit of a scuff on, and he wants to, you know. Mm. But that's, just sort that out. Because you remember those those first couple of series, the intro was quite um Long. was quite sci-fi, wasn't it? It didn't it have the, yes. It didn't have Slow the big music. fanfare. No, no but not at all. It wasn't till series three where the theme tune was in the intro. Yeah, well, they yeah, and there was a lot more of the characters and sort of cutting into scenes and things like that, wasn't there? But the early one it was a very, it was a slow slide past of the ship, slow music. It was just 
panoramic shots of mm. the Red Dwarf itself. Yeah, that was, yeah that, it was quite... Well, well it's, it was... Um, what's his chops, wasn't it? Howard Goodall. It was. He yes. sees a safe pair of hands for a bit oh, of TV music. What are you doing with that? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, but again, they... And it was partly a function of the fact they didn't have any money to spend, particularly. But again, they wanted it to feel quite industrial and a bit grossy and, you know, a bit dirty and a bit run down. And it was kind of all done on the cheap. And mm. it was well, all you... a bit crap. And the computer was, you know, on the blink. And, yeah, mind you, he had been on his own for three million years. So... <laughs> Gone a bit do Lally. Yeah, that... I think I might have gone a bit peculiar. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was those those first couple of series, yes, you can tell the budget was uh, non existent. Oh, we had the wobbly walls and everything. Yeah. And it was so not studio floor. No. In any way. And that, that grey cement sealed paint that every studio had on the floor. <laughs> Oh dear! Well, mind you, kind enough on the Red Dwarf sets, they painted the walls with that, didn't they? It was all good. Yes, right. It's just yeah. There I was. Mean, no I, think I saw an interview with with um, uh, Rob Grant where he said on the fourth season they had to say to the props department, "Can we please have something that isn't just grey <laughs> with a little yeah. bit of colour somewhere?" That's it. Because you remember when they uh, when um, Crichton came in properly. And season three, season yes. three, yeah. But when they've they Robert the li- the, uh, the living quarters it was a dramatic improvement. Yeah, they upgraded it, didn't they? It was. Mm. It felt more Star Trek then. Yes. Um, yeah, because you remember the. I mean, particularly the uh, the the xenomorph episode because it starts off while Lister's cooking up food in there and it's it's all right. pointed and there's there's colors and there's well, colors there's some nice there's padded corners I, mean, mm. I think it even had a shower in the corner didn't it it was it was all a lot more yeah a lot mm. more uh, friendly a lot more livable yeah um, yeah was, beige uh, instead of gray that that's yes. it yes pale beige instead of a battleship gray <laughs> yes yeah um, yes yeah it got better over the years and then of course eventually they lose the ship altogether and they're just stuck on Starbug, which is a, a wonderful craft in itself. Um, yes. <laughs> back to the boring grey inside. Back to the boring grey inside. But again, like the Eagles in Space 1999, they crash the damn thing every week, but somehow they manage to fix it. Yes. The whole back end of it must be just full of parts. <laughs> oh. But um, all very silly, but still uh, valid, valid craft. Yes, yes, both both the Red Dwarf and Starbug because yeah, yeah, and of course they did make a Starbug, didn't they, out of a little smart car for one of the later episodes, oh, all the did. Back to Earth episodes, didn't they? Yeah, Carbug, mm. they that was it. it. Yes. And it was a smart car with the seats taken out so that you get all four of them. <laughs> that was it because it was the uh, it was a hark back to an earlier episode, wasn't it? The Despair Squid, was it? Yes, that's right. Yeah. That's why they ended up back on Earth, wasn't it? And yeah, because thought... it was they weren't really. Um, mm. It was supposed to be, yeah, some sort of hallucination or something. I can't remember now. Mm. But yes, they did actually make a Starbug out of a real car. Yeah. Yes, and went to Coronation Street. And because... went to Coronation. Street, that's well, that's 
It's working. Yes. That's <laughs> <laughs> fine. Absolutely fine. Well, it beat the Mazda 6 he normally drove in that. So, yeah, there you go. Ugh. Yes. Boring. Indeed. Dull. I mean, uh, you say boring, but when did you last see a Mazda 6? Yeah, you don't. Yeah, you don't actually, do you? Now you've mentioned no. that. No. Or are they, in fact, like Toyota Evensis and they're actually everywhere? but you just don't notice them. Oh, you don't notice? Oh, well, that's a, that's a strong theory. I bet... I bet Nissan actually... Almira is another one that does that. Oh, yeah, that'll... They're that'll... everywhere. You just don't notice them. Yeah. <laughs> Dreadful. Perhaps. I'll tell you what you won't see, and that's the Mazda 6 MPS. Now, you that... Won't. Not many people will have bought that. No, not many people. No, I think that's quite a rare car. Mm. Uh, I, I agree. Yes. Mm. Maybe not for the right reasons actually but uh yes i agree i think that yeah you don't no you don't a good car by all accounts yes uh, very much so but i don't think anyone bought one no i've never been near one because <laughs> i think everyone went off and bought a mondeo instead uh yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. well but you would and again that's another rare car now not allowed those uh, getting there yeah mm. absolutely absolutely yes well, anyway, right. Who's next? Uh, I got one next. Okay. May we head back to the alien universe, please? Oh, God. <laughs> I can do, what, do what Kaylee's uh, got a problem with now. Yes. <laughs> now, this is a very obscure, well, I say very obscure. This is, mm. uh, it, it's a bit different in terms of a mode of transport. But do you remember in Aliens where. Ripley goes back to LV426 with the Marines and on the ship she asks if she can be useful. Right. Uh, and <laughs> That's not a question to ask with a group of Marines, is it? No, it's not that sort of useful. It's not <laughs> it a free football. It would have been a very different movie. Oh, God, there's bound to be a version of that somewhere. Oh, there will. Oh, yeah. You're yes. not the first person to think of that. No, I won't have been. No. Uh, that may even be the last, I don't know. Oh, God. Um, and it's the Caterpillar Loader. Oh. Which yeah, also yeah. features at the end of the film because she gets into, it gets into it to fight off the alien. If I may, she does. If I may just fill that out a little bit for you, the Caterpillar P5000 Power Loader. Oh, there you go. <laughs> yeah, they, they sold in big numbers, I heard. Oh, massive. It, yeah, yeah. Oh, and yeah, well, obviously, because you've got Caterpillar logo on it, because they'll, will we'll pay anything to... Replacement. Uh, yes, absolutely. They'll have paid uh, a pretty penny to have that on there. Yes. That's right. But while she's also climbing aboard it for the first time, you'll notice that she has futuristic Reebok shoes on. Oh, of course. Yeah, there you Absolutely. Go. Very absolutely. good. Absolutely. Well, you know, if Nike did it with um, Back to the Future Part 2, didn't they? So... They did say, so, yeah, you might as well see power in laces. Um, so, well, yeah. it was very much the brand of the time, so it was been very done for them so. not to be. Yes, Mr. Jordan had made <laughs> shoes go colossal, so they jumped yeah, on the back the way, hadn't he? Yes, yes. <laughs> we'll have a bit of that, but <laughs> yes. yes, very cool bit of kit that I thought. Yeah, that's an interesting choice, actually. I wouldn't have thought, I wouldn't have thought of that, but I, yeah. Interesting a, choice. 
I mean, sort of a well exoskeleton type thing, isn't it? Really? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, I did say, you know, a, a conveyance of any sort, and I think yeah. that qualifies. Yeah. And that's yeah. it, and it was it was used, well, yes, to load things, but also in battle, and oh, yeah, bloody marvelous. Yeah. Yeah. Saved the day, didn't it? Really, to be honest, it, it, it did. I'm not going to gush over it. I'm not going to go right you off on. Already have. Well, I did a little bit, but it's yeah. fine. But Sorry it's right. Going to going to rein me in. We're not going to get into it. It's just that's my that that's the one from my list. So it's fine. Tell you what. Tell you what. I'll stick with the industrial theme here. Yes, please. And here we go. And there's there's some geeky facts coming up here. So prepare yourself. I'm I'm strapped um, in. Are you familiar with the movie Silent Running? Uh, yes, but not for a very long time. I've... Mm, wonderful film. Um, yep. uh, directed by Douglas Trumbull, who uh, did the special effects for 2001. Mm-hmm. So, um, knew what Safe he was doing. hands. Yep. Oh, yeah. Um, and the ship in that is called the Valley Forge. And... It is one of a fleet of ships transporting um, plant and animal life from a completely decimated barren Earth to another planet mm-hmm. to you know recolonize and prepare. Yep. Um, and Bruce Dern, who's in star of the film, uh, who is in charge of one of these ships, is. Um, a bit, uh, a bit of a loner, shall we say? <laughs> and um, uh, it's very much all about the plants and not about the company that is operating these these ships. Um, but again, you know, not wishing to just completely reiterate the plot of the film, but the ships themselves, very, very industrial, very, you know, very businesslike, a bit grotty. It's basically some scaffolding with these enormous domes strapped to it. That was um, it, because it had all of the the. The kind of plant life and such like in these domes, in the it, domes as I recall. With, with lights and you know um irrigation systems and everything to keep it all going so they had these gardens effectively that's right inside these domes yes it was a very interesting unusual um design uh and it had cargo pods underneath it and things like that with you know fertilizer and seeds and all the stuff they'd need to to maintain these gardens and the staff or the crew on the ships were there primarily to operate the ship and to tend to these gardens. And they had these little robots that would uh, go about and water the plants and, you know, all that kind of stuff. So, Mm. but what's interesting, the ship interior had a very kind of industrial feel to it, almost, almost kind of nautical felt a little bit submarine-y, a bit kind of military shippy, if mm. you like. Well, there was a reason for that, because all the interiors were shot on board the USS Enterprise aircraft carrier. Oh, very good. Yeah. Isn't that a lovely little detail? <laughs> That'll be why it looks very familiar, then. That'll be why it looks very familiar. So the Valley Forge is actually the Enterprise. Not that is, one. Um, not that, but not <laughs> that one. Exactly. But not the real one. Mind you, so, you say I, that. The 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 prototype space shuttle was Enterprise, wasn't it? It was the 1977. The the number one was mm. called Enterprise. Yes, that's true. The one that never actually went to space. I think I'm right in saying that's correct. It, because... it flew, but it didn't leave atmosphere. Yeah. That was it. Yeah, because all of the uh, the Star Trek fans kicked off and go, "Well, there's only one name for it. Sort it out." Yeah, 
Mm. And they had a number of the stars at the at the launch, I believe. They, yeah, they did. Um, yeah. Uh, DeForest Kelly, Leonard Nimoy, Michelle Nichols. Yeah, yeah. Them, I think not William Shatner, but a number of the others. I'm the I'm very disappointed in the chat. I do. Mm. I don't think the others wanted to be anywhere near him. Um, and I think Gene Roddenberry was there himself as well at the launch. Which is interesting that Shatner didn't turn up because I'm sure. I mean, they've been filming TJ Hooker or Columbo or something like that. Oh, something daft like that. But I'm yeah. sure since then, I've heard him narrate a space shuttle documentary. Yeah, well, he does kind of what he does these days, isn't it? He narrates mm. documentaries. Occasionally, he does one that's not about himself. <laughs> no, I do him a disservice. He's a lovely man. But uh, yeah, so that would be my next pick with the, the Valley Forge from Silent Running, which. Um, it's quite a sad film, actually. I don't know if you've ever seen it, but it I won't spoil it for those that hadn't haven't seen it, but it's worth checking out. It's a kind of classic British sci-fi movie that didn't get the publicity that 2001 got, although it's got a lot of the same crew on it. Mm. It's kind of made by the same special effects people. I think Douglas Trumbull by that time had started his own special effects company and Silent Running was a little bit of a showcase for what they could do. But it is nevertheless really well acted and has a really strong story. Yeah, it's very good. It's, like I said, it's, it's not something I've watched for a very long time, but mm. it, yeah, definitely, definitely worth a watch. Worth a watch. And, worth revisiting. Yeah, and um, it's that the it's that noticeable theme, isn't there, in ship design with the 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 long central core of scaffolding. Yeah, if you look at. Yeah, you look at that, you look at the Discovery from 2001, you look at the Eagle from Space 1999, they all mm. have a few things in common. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's a, there's a theme, isn't there? There is a theme. Um, and they're all very functional and very... The, the, the function, you can see, you know, the, well, the, yeah, you can see the function in the design, I think is what I'm trying to say. Yes. You can see the purpose you know, everything has a purpose and a reason why it's there and the way that it is. Uh, it's all explainable, even though it's all just made up. You think, actually, yeah, that that could work. That makes sense that you would make it like that. Mm. Um, and I think the Valley Forge is a lot like that. But, yeah, when you watch it again, once you know that it was shot on the interior of an aircraft carrier, you can say, oh, yeah, I can see it now. <laughs> I will go back and have a rewatch of that. All the doors with the spinny wheels on that would make no sense in space. But of course, you'd have it on a ship. Yes. <laughs> and no, I know it's... those spinny wheels probably have a proper name, but I don't know what it is. Yeah. No, We're just going to call it the spinny wheel. Yeah, okay. the spinny, that sums it up beautifully, I think. Yes, everyone knows that. Oh, it's good. Right. Have you got any more? I've got a final one on my list. Okay. Uh, and this one, you could, we could, we could almost bring it back to cars. Yeah, interesting. Almost. almost. I mean, it will operate on the ground as a car, but it was the, uh, it was the, the police car from Blade Runner, the Spinner. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Which it does drive on the ground, but it also does fly. Obviously, it's, it's sci-fi after all. Oh, it's true. It's it it's. One of my favourites, anyway, um, in film territory and book territory as well. It's a good one. Yeah. Do androids dream of electric sheep? It's, um, well, the whole, the whole setting of that film is just 
the the it's just so nicely done. It's yes. grotty. It is, isn't it? Yeah, which you kind of think it would be. Um, yeah, and based on the the world they've they've designed there. Yeah, and it's it it looks the part. It fits so well with that eerie, crappy dystopia that they're living in, and it's it, it's become part of pop culture as well. I think because there's um it crops up in back to the future part two. Oh yes now i yes i i've yes um i've come across this yeah because there's a uh, there's a horrifically painted one on a driveway <laughs> yes I've, uh, I've read this yeah uh and that it comes it comes up in some of the oh god the Really atrocious Star Wars films from the late nineties, early two thousands. <laughs> Some of the vehicles in that were uh, a bit of a homage to it. Mm. And I mean, you can all and in recent years as well, uh, like the uh, Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven game from last year. Mm. Again, a very very similar sort of tone. Um, in terms of setting, uh, but a lot of uh, some of the vehicles in that could you could trace back to this, and a lot of people have made that link because because of the way that game set out, um, it's very similar to a Blade Runner setting. Yeah, and it's just one of those one of those things that have become become part of bit of bit of film culture now. And yeah, absolutely. Well, anything in Blade Runner has, doesn't it? There's that's it. Yeah. Well, it, you got to think of it at the time when it when it when it hit originally. You think, well, everyone loved the style of it. Everyone loved the 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 plot, the story, the music, the uh, Vangelis, wasn't it? Yes, it was. Yeah. And to this day, you think maybe at certain points in history, you think, well, actually, that does sound a bit crap. But now, I think. It's quite of its time, isn't it? It's, yeah, it I think so. You yeah. could quite easily put that on as just an atmospheric soundtrack. Yes, you could. It's just a nice piece of music, even if you knew nothing about the film. Mm. Um, the music stands up on its own, which is a little bit unusual for movie soundtracks. Though a lot of them don't. A lot of them, yeah. when you listen to the soundtrack, it sort of feels like something's missing. Yeah, if you've um, not got the visual accompaniment, it's like yeah. it, it, it it sounds a bit arse on its own, doesn't it? Yes, it does, but that doesn't. Um, no, that does. A few that doesn't. It, it holds up on its own. Yeah, I'll tell you what. Another one that actually holds up on its own. Car film as well. Um, drive. Oh yeah, no mm. question. Yes, that is a brilliant soundtrack. Oh, we have covered that. I think before. we we have. Um, I think yeah, that's definitely come up. But yeah, that's. I listened to that one. It's a good driving songs on that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's oh, easy yeah. To, you, can, uh, get... you can be a badass weirdo in Los Angeles when you're listening to that. Oh, yeah, you can get a wriggle on if you put that on the... Oh, you uh, can stereo. be a badass weirdo in North Devon if you uh, feel the need. Um, yep, you just need the Wurzels for that. Who <laughs> <laughs> are? Yeah. Exactly that. Exactly that, yes. Mm-mm. Oh, God. Um, yes. Can I move it on? But you may, you may. I've got two left. Oh, um, please do. One of which is an actual car. 
So again, that's moving nicely on from from your Blade Runner there. Ah, very good. Go on then. Let's uh, let's have an actual car. We're back to Star Trek. Right here. And we are in Star Trek Nemesis, and we have the Argo ground vehicle. Oh, that's the it's sort the of ATV of, type thing, isn't it? It's that's right. It's the off-road buggy that Picard and Data and Worf take down to a planet uh, and vomit around a bit. And, they did. Um, what 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 always struck me about that because when they were bombing around the planet, you've got Picard and Data in the front there, and you just feel Worf's just been left just a little exposed at the back there, a little exposed and facing the wrong way, so he's going to vom as well. Um, oh, there's 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 going to be a hint of vomit there. Yeah, that's right. Um, I've never understood the human predilection for piloting vehicles at unsafe speeds. It's that it's that weird thing of bloody. When you get on a train, and it's like, why have you put a seat facing the other way? Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? Um, Just no need. I mean, the only reason for it in the case of this vehicle it is because it suited what happened to them. But you would never have designed it like that. I mean, you wouldn't have designed it as a three-seater anyway. It would have been a four-seater, wouldn't it? Yes. Two or four, not three. No, it's it's, it's weird. But... Uh, nevertheless, it is a car in Star Trek, so I'm going to have it in the list. It's worth a note. Yep, yeah, that's that's good. I like that. There aren't that isn't... cars in Star Trek. So. No. No, this is true. Um, no, I think we'd have to go back to sort of holodecks and yes, cars from would. the 40s. Yeah, there's, a, there's, there's the odd one in Dixon Hill. Yeah, yeah. but they don't go um, hooning around in them as much as you wish they might. But in the Argo, they do. They do get a bit of a hoon on. They do. Yep. Yep. This, this is true. That is a that is a valid reference. That is a car reference from it's a Star car Trek. Reference. It's possibly one of the strongest references on our list. This is true. Yeah. This. So there's yeah. that. And I think the last one's kind of an honourable mention, really. Okay. Um, uh, it is an it's a spacecraft, but again, very well thought out one. We're coming right up to date now. Okay. Um, and it's the Starship Avalon from the movie Passengers. Oh, okay. Uh, which is one of our favourite movies. We, we think it's brilliant. bit cheesy, I'll grant you, but uh, it's a really strong movie. And the spacecraft, again, I think is really well thought out. The software is quite well done in it. Um, and, uh, yeah, I just like it. And the fact that they built a tree in it is just cool. Well, I'm going to have to take your word for that. Grow a tree. You don't build trees. You grow trees. Oh no! No, this is true. It's not Minecraft. No, no, that's that's fine. No, I'm I'm going to have to have to go on your knowledge. I've not seen Passengers. Oh, I um check it out. It's good. Okay, yep. that that's good. fine. That that's bound to be on and streaming service somewhere. Oh, it's well, it's not that old. It's quite a new film, so you won't have a problem finding it. Uh, as ever, the ship goes a bit wrong, and they have to fix it. I don't think I'm spoiling the story by saying no. that. Um, and, and and they build a tree, by all accounts. And they do build a tree. Um, <laughs> and uh, watch out for a lovely cameo from uh, Michael Sheen, who is inexplicably playing the barman from The Shining. No idea why, oh. but he is. <laughs> well, well, that's a bit... I wasn't Weird. expecting you to say that. No, it's very strange. But there it is. And we haven't even mentioned the... Um, the, uh, the, the snowcat thing that's in The Shining. But, you know, um, I only just thought of that. 
But <laughs> it's not, not strict. Mind you, he, he does, if you want to go full vehicle in that, he does drive a uh, VW Beetle, doesn't he? He does drive a VW Beetle. That's true. A yellow one all the way mm. up there. Yeah, it's true. It, we it, never see it again, though, so. Uh, no. Well, he parked it where it got all wintry. It would have disintegrated. True. They were yeah, there it, through the winter, weren't they? It would have fallen yeah, to bits. Yeah, all gone. Yeah, yeah, that that would have vaporized that. <laughs> Just dissolved as the winter went on. <laughs> yes, yeah. that's true. You know, snow cats, your best bet. I think so. Yeah, as long as you haven't got a chest uh, and uh, an axe sticking out your chest, then you know that'll. Oh, you that... won't be able to get in the door. You see, no, that really does slow you down. It's a crimp on your evening. That does. Yeah. Well, I think uh, that's probably enough of that for this week. Uh, check us out on. Uh, all the various social medias and things. Uh, Thank you very much for listening.